You're listening to bonus pod um, 161, solo pod. I'm going to record a big old chunk here, guys, because Wang, of course, in the States, currently trapped in the Statue of Liberty. Um, He has lit a fire in the lamp bit, but that has only uh, sort of enticed more tourists to come and just sort of ooh and, and ah, instead of saving him, which is a shame. Um, Wang is in the States and I were going to go on holiday for the first time in a long time, proper holiday, um, not just for gigging. So I'm going to go through some of your correspondence and have a little chat to you guys in a big old chunk here, which we're going to release as the bonus content, um, for the next three weeks, 161, 162, 163, I believe. So, um... First of all, apologies, because we are begging your patience, I suppose, patrons, because you will you will have already heard the content that we're giving out to the proletariat, the working man, the salt of the earth, the goblins, the worms, the ordinary listeners, the, the, the Joe Soaps. I don't know if you guys have heard that Joe Soap, Joe Blogs, Joe Soap. Um... <clears throat> Very uh, interesting Wikipedia list you can go on. List of, of names of generic guy by country. Tommy Atkins was the nickname for British soldiers because it was the default name on the form. Put your name here, first name, surname, e.g. Thomas Atkins. And so that became, to, that's why British soldiers are called Tommies. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Yes, we're begging your patience, because you're not getting the same amount of delicious free content. You will have to do a bit of re-listening. But then, as Phil points out, we're quite relentless, aren't we, with our content? So I suppose, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of it. I was very worried when we took a break, because I was on holiday in Cornwall uh, September last year. And the listener numbers didn't particularly decrease. And I think it was just people catching up. And people say they catch up and some people are addicts. I mean, I'm a podcast addict. If I'm listening, I'm listening. You know, the second it comes out, I'm scratching and weeping. So if that's you, then then know that I, I'm with you there spiritually. Yeah, I, I get it. I know the sacrifice you're having to make. But hopefully, hopefully this... This solo effort, this heroic um, <laughs> Arctic expedition, is recompense of some kind. Um, I actually used to do a podcast on my own, which some of the really, really OG listeners will know, called My Favorite Podcast. And uh, I would talk on my on my own. I did that for a while, actually. Maybe a year. Anyway. It's actually the sort of origin story of BudPod is because I started just talking to people on it when I had the chance, and one was Phil. And it was very easy, and and it went well, and it was good fun because we've known each other since we were 18, 19. And that's uh, what kicked it all off. So back to our roots now, eh, travelers? So let's see. Uh, Of patrons, Andy Smith um, has messaged. Should I have said your full name, Andy? Do you feel... Well, you don't say anything bad. Um, do you? Let me... <laughs> no, you don't. You just say wonderful things. It's... Um, and Andy says... Uh, I don't know if we read this out. I don't think we did. Uh, we we read out the correspondence where... Um, 
Mark uh, had a ski accident and he had a boner and he was worried he was paralyzed but he had an erection. I don't think we read it out. Um, so Andy says uh, he is a doctor. And he says, it's an interesting phenomenon and quite complicated thing to consider, but I'll do my best. As a disclaimer, though, I am a neonatologist. neonatologist. So although erections are an important part of my job, they generally occur six to nine months before I get involved. <laughs> That's good. Yes. That's a funny thing to say uh, to a pregnant woman. I see your husband uh, gesture at her stomach, uh, has erections. Actually, we're doing IVF, and then you're cancelled. You're done. No more medicine for you. Unless suffering such an injury is Mark's fetish, and he was genuinely aroused, there are a couple of medical explanations I can think of. Firstly, it's not, as you might initially think, just a reaction to circulating adrenaline causing excitement. In fact, the fight-or-flight response, adrenaline surge, is disarming for an erection. Evolutionarily speaking, it's not much use to be aroused when being chased by a lion. That valuable blood is better sent elsewhere. And it's true. If you ever see someone being chased, they're very rarely fully erect, are they? At best, they're flapping. But mostly, it it shrinks down to a sort of activity nub. <laughs> a sort of activity nub, really. A pocket-sized activity nub. Um, certainly, that's uh, something I think happens to me when I'm at the gym. Old nub syndrome. <laughs> that must be right. Your blood is in your muscles. Instead of your love muscle. Um, and he continues, The stimulation of an erection is a complex interplay between many systems. Isn't that great? That's like a... Andy, you're the Attenborough of chubs. Can I just say? The stimulation of an erection is a complex interplay between many systems. But it's primarily controlled by the actions of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically the opposite of the bits that cause fight or flight, as alluded to in the episode when the sympathetic signals decrease once John Thomas is allowed to stand to attention. So he's right. If, if, if those signals stop, then it just goes up for it. It has been known since records began that spinal cord injuries can cause erections. Since records began, it's been known, guys. Must have been, must have been embarrassing for the first record to be written down. To have a spinal injury boner and for someone to be like, look, I'm as embarrassed writing this in the big record book as you are. <laughs> We're going to look pretty silly if this is never recorded again. But lo and behold, it's happened loads. There are even reports in cave paintings to support this. What? What? No. <laughs> what? A guy, a guy near a sort of buffalo grabbing his back with a huge boner? Maybe. They're just like us. My God. Uh, it used to be put down to being possessed by spirits. But then again, so did most ailments. That's true. That's true. Do we put anything else down to being possessed by spirits? Sometimes, if in a religious country, if you're in America, people do, don't they? They said a dear demon got in me and made me have sex with all those male prostitutes. Um, a demon got in me, and then a man got in me. That's what they should say before their eyes roll into the back of their skull and they go Rah! and scream and fall down. Then I'd believe them. 
but mainly they just apologize and keep taking money from an untaxed quote-unquote church. Uh, however, such injuries are usually quite serious, so it seems unlikely this was the cause, seeing as Mark was able to get back down the mountain himself. Yes, he was. Aside from nerves, the other key part of an erection is blood vessels, truth. There are case reports of traumatic injuries damaging the blood vessels in the groin area that can affect the flow of blood in and out of the penis. Ugh. It's basic physics that if more fluid is going in than can be drained, then pressure will build up in the vessels, causing tumescence. That's true. Okay. So it's a sort of uh, flooding. Finally, you're probably unsurprised to hear that persistent erections do earn themselves a medical name. Priapism. I did know that. I did know that. But then I'm the sort of person who would. Priapism, named after the Greek god Priapus. Priapus. Priapus or Priapus? Priapus? No. Priapism, Priapus. He was the god of fertility and vegetables. What a job description to have. To be fair, a lot of very rude vegetables. If anything's going to look penisy, especially in those days, it's a veg. It's a veg. And they were shoving stuff up themselves, the Greeks. I do know there was a punishment where you had a radish hammered into your anus with a mallet. Punish away, chaps. Um, <laughs> there are lots of other causes, including sickle cell disease, as well as it being a side effect of some drugs, which is actually how Viagra was discovered. Gosh. May your weekend be filled with jacking, Andy. Um, lovely, Andy. Thank you. Gosh. See, this is the thing. I, uh, is BudPod the most popular podcast in the, in the world? No. Is it the most popular podcast in the country? No. I don't know what is. Off menu or have a word or... It's probably just the BBC News podcast or something annoying like that, isn't it? But do we have elite listeners? Yes. We've got bonus science. We've got journalism. We've got a lot of illustrators. We've got... Um, we were mentioned in The Economist. It's, you know... It's a, we've created um, an Athenium. Uh, uh, <laughs> an academy, really. It's a, it's a real point of pride. I've heard other podcasts, and some of the correspondence they get sent in is bargain basement stuff, okay? I'm not going to name names, but there are other podcasts that get things sent in, and the stuff is barely one grade above high school urban myth. It's not chicken boxing gloves. It's not bonus science. And it's not piss in a dehumidifier. It's sort of, uh, it's silliness, really. So well done, us. Let's all, let's all clap ourselves. Now, uh, we've done, I think we did, did we do this tat? I've got a cross-reference because Dan uh, sent something. Dan sent something uh, to the normal email. So now I've got to sort of search it up. Um, I have a croakier voice than normal. I don't know why. I don't know why. Here we are. Yes. Here we are from Dan. Dear P&P, the finest purveyors of poop and pee. <laughs> Very nice rhyme. Dear P&P, the finest purveyors of poop and pee. 
Praise Redacted, Praise Redacted. Founding Fata here. Long time lurker, first time emailer. I have just finished a second listen to all the pods. Good Lord, Dan. We don't recommend it. Not formally. Not formally. I think listening through to everything from Bud Pod twice is a bit like, um... We can't recommend it formally, but in the same way that, you know, like amyl nitrate poppers are like sort of room diffusers, you know, we're, that's what we're calling it. We're saying no, but we know what people are using it for. And we profit by it. We do. Uh, I've just finished a second listen to all the parts harrowing, triggering, and funny to relive the last three and a bit years, I'm sure. Uh, Dan says, I saw this shared by a relative on Facebook. Actually, Dan, I, my sister said that um, very funny to listen to. Me, Phil, and I think Adam Hess talking about how COVID's going to be fine. Then talking about how it's not fine. And me audibly having COVID and being so ill. <laughs> My sister said it was the illest I've ever sounded. Real punishment from God stuff. Um, anyway. So Dan says, I saw this shared by a relative on Facebook and thought it was worth sharing and then destroying. <laughs> it comes under a unique type of tat. The boomer... Minion tat. Now, this is everywhere. This is a powerful genre. I'm sure you've all seen. Um, something about minions appeals to boomers. They have taken their grandchildren to see Despicable Me. Or whatever it was. I think, it, is it Despicable Me? Where they have minions? They love minions. Anyway, they love them. And they use them in memes. And... I'm very interested to know how many of these people use the minions in their memes without actually really being fully cognizant of of what they are. Uh, anthropologically, that's quite interesting. Um, there's never been anything quite like it before, not even like Smurfs or something more of, of their generation. Anyway, the boomer minion tat, Dan says, I didn't know minions possessed such a grasp of the English language. If the recent trailer for a minions film shown before Monspidor is anything to go by. The linguistic development of minions in such a short period of time is something to be admired and studied. Koji Dan. That's true, Dan. Um, that's true, because they did just talk in gibberish, whereas in the memes, they all have uh, full, full grasp of English. So this meme, it is a minion looking um, a bit sort of bored and like his eyelid is flat. Do you know what I mean? In cartoons, they give you a flat eyelid as if to show tiredness of... Oh, God, here we go. And it says, Attention, in yellow. I am out of order until further notice. Like a machine. Ooh, like a vending machine. My, quote, stupid people, end quote, filter needs cleaning. <laughs> My stupid people filter needs cleaning. I choose to interpret this as a filter that stupid people have. <laughs> just why their brains get clogged up by being dumb um, too many thoughts I've got thought residue all over my filter time to go to bed for ten years my stupid people filter needs cleaning and my quote give a damn batteries have run out <laughs> truly disgusting my give a damn batteries what does this imply about the state of either a minion or someone in their 60s 50s, 60s, boomers are older now but we still recklessly throw the word around. They've got a filter and batteries. A sort of handheld vacuum. I have a stupid people filter and give a damn batteries. Right. But what happens when your give a damn batteries have run out, but your stupid filter 
Your stupid people filter is still fine. Not clogged yet, up yet. Can you... You can process stupid people, but you can't give a damn. What about... Uh, you have battery power and you'll give a damn batteries, but... But... You... Um, your stupid people filter is full of gunk. So you care, but you can't cope with idiots. There's a lot of holes in this, really, machine-wise. I don't know why the boomers are such fans of the minions. They're very sort of... I suppose they're cute. But, um... Yeah. They're annoying. They're cute, but they're annoying. I don't really... They've really been embraced. They're sort of little yellow. They're quite... They're quite penisy. There's a Freudian argument here. They've got one big eye. And they sort of wobble around. They're not not penisy. It's all I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> okay. What I'm saying is they're not not peeing. That penisy. Can you have a... <laughs> can you have a Freudian slip when you are already talking about penises? I would say no. Um... I would say you're already in, in Freud land, and so anything else is just, um, I would say anything else is, is just, you're, you're sort of, you're already in that zone, aren't you? So you can't make it more so. Uh, we have a, a piece of correspondence from Anonymous. I actually said their name foolishly without going to the end. Um, it's Anonymous. From a patron. Dear Penis and Punis. <laughs> Dear Penis and Punis. I am a teacher in a boarding school. Yes. And safe to say some really weird shit happens nearly every week. I'm quite sure. I went uh, to school with a guy who I, I didn't... I only boarded at the end of my schooling. But um, there was a guy who kept all his wee in a jar in the year above me. An eccentric, a natural eccentric. Why? Anyway. For fear of drawing the wrath of the school I work in by giving one of my own experiences, I want to pass on one that I heard happened in another boarding house. We've got double anonymity here. This person is anonymous and they're giving us someone else's story. Very nice. One of the girls in the boarding house dealing with a bout of teenage heartbreak-related angst there's a lot of it about, decided to write everything she hated about her love life uh, onto a piece of paper and set fire to it. Very dramatic. Hmm. Have I ever set fire to something in an emotional way? <sighs> Charcoal before a delicious barbecue. That's an emotional experience for me. The sizzle of roast flesh. Most emotional. For such as I. Searing of lamb flank. But something like a diary? No. No, I've never done anything like that. It's still time. Still time. I might... Uh, maybe I should start doing that when I do my taxes. I go through all my receipts and burn them in a sort of Viking tax ceremony. Um, and then uh, try and make sure that all the things, the, the logs and the big ship I put my accounts on that I then burn as tax-deductible as well. Uh, anyway, one of the girls dealing with a bout of teenage heartbreak 
related angst, decided to write everything she hated about her love life on a piece of paper and set fire to it. Unoriginally symbolic, true, but metaphorically a sound gesture. However, she decided to set fire to this letter in the girl's toilet. Mistake. This done, she tucked the letter into the sanitary bin and toddled off to listen to sad songs or hate scroll through her ex's Instagram. Into the sanitary bin. I can honestly say, and I'm proud of this, I've never um, opened one of those bins, and visually looking at those bins when I'm in a genre-neutral toilet, I have no idea how they could even open. They look unopenable to me. Um, And I don't want to try. But I'm happy to look at them and think, God, what a puzzle. (laughs) To stop wild animals getting in, I suppose. Or vampires. Um... (laughs) However, no such further heartbreak activities could be pursued as the letter which she had placed in the sanitary bin was still aflame and then set fire to the bin. A flaming sanitary bin. Gosh, what a metaphor. What a visual metaphor for a girl's boarding house. (laughs) Uh, Chaos. The on-site security dashed in, alerted by the fire alarm, and bravely plunged his arm in to salvage the burning note, and thereby save the rest of the bathroom and boarding house. He stood panting, holding the extinguished remains of the letter up. "'There's blood!' he exclaimed to the head of house. "'I think the student must be injured. Look at the blood!' And he shook the blood-smeared note in his blood-smeared hand in concern. (laughs) Well, they've got to be... They've got to be gravely injured. I mean, look at this bin. It's... (laughs) They've been shot. They've been trying to... Seal the wound with a series of special bullet pad tubes. As you can imagine, once the head of house had explained that it wasn't fresh blood and was in fact the vestiges of used sanitary products, the security guard left just as quickly as he entered, but this time for a very different emergency. Sincerely wishing you, Koji, and sending best of luck for Edinburgh-related activities from Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous. That is very funny and wonderful to think of. Um, wonderful to think of that security guard. And what, I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but sometimes if I end up accidentally, like you trip and you fall and you put your hand in some shit or something, I don't know, you get some horrible thing on you. Not horrible, but like an, an unclean, you know, thing from something else's body is on you now. Sometimes I don't rush anywhere. I sort of, if it's already just on me, it's not spiders, is it? It's not going to be running all over you. I sort of, um, if anything, more calm and slow. You just sort of go, I see, time to gradually go to the loo and clean this. Okay. That sort of thing. It's a sort of a great calm descends. Anyone else? Great calm. Anyone else? Uh, I think, Bex, we read that out. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, ha, Sam, 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 Sam. Sam has messaged us, and it's quite a message. 
Sam says, hello, I recently upgraded to Patreon. Thank you. Congrats. And thought I'd resend an email I sent a few months back on here in the hope that I'm now a very important pooper, and it may be read out on the Privetcast. Privetcast. Hope that's okay, yes. Uh, there's also a pretty long email I sent a while back about the time I saw two kids swap poos with one another. But as I said, it was needlessly long, so I may take my poo knife to it in future and mush it down to size. Fucking hell, Sam. <laughs> it's powerful prose. Two kids swapping poos. How did we miss that? Or did we? Hmm. Um, thanks for the pod. It's a great companion for me and all my friends during long days in the workshop. Um... Oh, cool. I'd love to be. I'd love to know that we were on in a workshop. And now I do. I do know that. Me and the guys down at the old workshop. And the girls. But statistically, at the moment, still probably guys. It depends on the workshop. It depends on the workshop, Pierre, you fucking caveman. Anyway. Um, they've all been fans since I forced them to listen to my super poison story being read out by you both. Oh, of course. Hello, Sam. Yes. <laughs> Super poison that went into the lawnmower, I believe. Excellent. <laughs> yes. A fine vintage. So, uh, I'm a student studying prop making. Oh, brilliant, yes. Uh, with an aim to specialize in historical arms and armor, particularly Anglo Saxon. Oh. Damn. Sam, you are talking my language. You better be making some falchions and axes, my friend. You better be making some helms with boar on. A boar on the top of a helm, please. You better be making some cheek guards to go with that helm. That's all I'm saying. This is my shit. Um, so it's always funny to hear you talk about that. Um, whilst I'm making a Saxon shield boss or something. And we all find Pooh endlessly funny, so the pod is perfect. Keep it up. Thank you, Sam. We will. So this is the email. Dear... dear oh, hang on. I've completely bugged that up. I scrolled down too quickly and uh, lost sight. Dear Prince Plop and Sir Plop. Oh. Which is which? Sadly, today's yarn hasn't a smear of feces in sight. But do not despair. <laughs> As a fully qualified Pistorian, Patreon supporter, and former Poop Story supplier, Super Poison, he's put in brackets, I propose a new correspondence genre. Inspired by Phil's run-ins with various members of fringe movements on the tube, the Nazi and the Dogfucker, who for legal, re who for legal reasons I must mention didn't come, <laughs> I have written up my own experience of meeting a D-list Alan Moore character on the tube. Lovely. London, mid-December 2021. Sausage roll on tube platform this morning. Foot tread on bursting pastry. This city is afraid of me. <laughs> I have seen its true face. Tube pulls up, doors open, I enter. This is great. This is in the style of Rorschach uh, from uh, Watchmen. <laughs> it's COVID time, so it's quiet. Only about four people per carriage. I spot him immediately as the train slows. He's at the far end, visibly slurring words down his mobile, steadying himself on the cushioned rests and shabbily dressed in a safari costume. <laughs> his loud Australian accent could be heard before the tube doors even opened. 
I swear she did, you little gimp. I saw her. Nah, it was her. I'm certain. Yeah, I'm telling you, Jack. Anne Whittacombe set my dog on fire. That was a bit Kiwi, if it was anything. Australia might. Anne Whittacombe set my dog on fire. He had my attention. I had to board that carriage. Once aboard, I kept my eyes low and moved closer to the man. Because she ain't human, Jack. She ain't, I'm telling you, you cuck. Cuck. A drunk safari Australian calling someone a cuck on the phone. He'd progressed from leaning on those little padded bum panels you get by the door to pacing furiously. Ah, forget it. You never fucking believe me, even though you know I know things. Ah, go play with yourself, you liberal pervert. He slams the phone down. Well, he tries to anyway. It's quite hard when you're not using a landline. But he still gave it a jolly good go, hitting himself in the knee. As the phone clattered to the ground, (laughs) I could still hear the muffled voice of Jack. Archie? Archie, you fuck. So this is coming through the phone. I made eye contact with Archie now for the first time, or I thought I did anyway. His lids were so droopy it was hard to decipher what he was actually looking at. He waddled over to me and took a seat directly opposite. Oi, Mr. Floppy, what are you looking at? Something funny about me? I pointed out his safari costume and little khaki shorts. Um, Oh, yeah, greatest country in the world, Australia. You know, it's where they filmed Lord of the Rings. I bet you like that, don't you, you little gimp? He slapped me hard on the shoulder and moved to the seat next to me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Why did you let this man into your life? He, uh, it was at this point I realized I'd gone too far. Yes. Yes. Crocodile Bum D is now your problem. Bumpy. Bumpy. You see, this man talked so much shit, it was as if I could feel the weight of the goopy nuggets dropping from his bottom lip as he spoke. Good Lord, Sam. He was shitting from his mouth like an owl. <laughs> That's a perfect metaphor. And so unexpected. He was shitting from his mouth like an owl. <laughs> he was a nerdy, bullied teenager that was bitten by a radioactive owl on a visit to a smashing owl sanctuary. He became Owl Man. Owl Man, Owl Man can do. Owl Man, Owl Man can only can do only one thing. An owl can. He can shit from his mouth all into my lovely ears. Look out! It's the Owl Man. All right, Spider Man theme tune. That was a mad diversion, Sam. I can't remember all of what we spoke. But here's the highlights. He scooped his cracked phone from the floor and started to show me pictures of crocodiles that he claimed he'd beaten up. All of these photos were obvious screenshots from Bing images. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Martha. She's beauty, ain't she? Well, she was anyway, till I pulled her fucking tongue out. Oh, my God. He laughed madly and looked me deep in the eye. Now, listen here, you little sexual deviant. You can't be telling no one this. It's an underground fighting, fighting ring, like Nightclub. Have you seen Nightclub? The film where... Men meet and beat in the night. So it's just rambling. My mate Jack wants to pull the beagle's foot off. What? He laughs madly again. I looked down at my shoes in an effort to infer that maybe this conversation was over. Archie didn't agree. And he started to brag about how quickly he could tie his shoelaces. And how one time he took an, he ate an entire Terry's chocolate orange in one bite. I've just got one of them brains, me. I nodded in genuine agreement. It's like the opposite of dyslexia. I can do it in a fucking second. I faked a phone call to my mum. As we pulled out of Bond Street, I noticed the tube had started to fill up. Despite this, Archie was still pacing up and down the full length, bumping into people as he he went, corks from his hat flinking in people's faces. He found an empty seat and attempted to swing his left foot on it in a power stance. It took him a few attempts to get his knee high enough, but eventually he did it. 
I observed on both his knees were crudely drawn sea creatures in brown felt tip. What are you talking about, Sam? He seemed disturbed by something. He tried to shush everyone. And called for. And when it didn't work, he called for silence. Quiet. Crocs. Always snapping away, making too much noise. People backed away from him. I won't save you. You had your chance. I won't care when the internet turns to poison and the politicians shit in your mouth. I've got one lesson for you today. I'm Steve Irwin, and you're a bunch of pathetic liberal crocs. Get on your belly and start snapping your arms, you bunch of metropolitan sex criminals. Um, <laughs> he mimed what he wanted us to do and lowered himself to the ground, acting like a crocodile. You do that and I'll tame you. I'll teach you right. Where's the queen now? I don't see her coming to save you. Where's your fucking queen lady now? Oh, my God. At Waterloo, the police came and took him away. As he disappeared into the crowd, I heard his ramblings as loud as ever, although this time in a Mancunian accent. Oh, Archie, you are a card. See, the thing is, part of me doesn't believe that this happened at all, but the other part of me that has been on the tube, especially near people in costume who are on stag dues who've broken away from the group, that part of me believes this entirely. The trouble is that when someone is in costume and they're wasted, and they are with a bunch of other wasted lunatics, the one that gets left behind is the one that's so wasted and so mental and probably high on something that they are too much for even a group of wasted high costumed maniacs. So they are the most, you know? So for him to be on the phone and someone being like, well, you know, Archie, Archie, that, that's, that's, what I, that's what I get from this. That's what I'm getting from this. Um, thanks for reading this, unless you didn't, but you won't see this unless you did, so thanks. Have really wonderful wanks, you pair of metropolitan sex criminals, Sam. Well, thank you, Sam. We will. I'm sure we will. I would be shocked if we didn't. Um, so that's all for this week, for the solo bolo. What's that from? Is that That's from a comedy thing. Solo bolo. Oh, God, what's it called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening, guys. Um, and I will see you solo next week.